Hello and welcome to StarCast from Planet Waves. I'm Eric Francis, here with the edition connected to the January 2024 monthly horoscope published on 1, sorry, 12-21-24. That's today, it's Thursday. Thank you for joining me. Uh, before I get into the solstice chart, which is going to be followed by the full moon, followed by Mercury stationing direct, we're in one of those exciting little clusters of, uh, of activity. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit about what I'm doing on the annual edition. Uh, I've got all 12 written readings well underway. I'm impressed with myself for having done this. It has really been a case of writing is the art of applying the seat of the pair pants to the chair. Uh, and I have just kept up my word count. That's how I get started. It's kind of brutal in a way, but then, you know, I'm in the ideas and in the text. And of course, I make them beautiful and textured and interesting and as fresh as possible. So I'm feeling better with all of the signs begun and I may be able to wrap three of them uh, in the next uh, in the next few days. Not that it matters very much, but uh, what I did was I, I first I, I, I roughed out the cardinal signs. I went Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn. And then that's like a framework. Imagine kind of like a, a big kind of T-bar in the middle of everything, and then work backwards from Pisces uh, all the way back to Aries. Uh, and the backwards thing comes from Alice Bailey, who suggests that the, that the let's say, more spiritually challenging slash evolved direction of the Zodiac goes from uh, Aries back through Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, Sag, landing on Taurus as the last sign. So I tend to work in, in both directions. I don't have a work plan for the audio readings yet. I'm planning to do those uh, the first week of the year. I've left myself an extra week owing to the fact that Mercury is retrograde. It's unpredictable. And uh, I want to just make sure that I had a buffer, which is good because the the writing is not going at blazing speed, but it is going steadily, and I'm getting to the point where I'm happy with the way that they're turning out. It takes time to breathe life into these things, and tw to be working on 12, 5,000-word projects at the same time is challenging, even for me. It's a special thing, and uh, I've, I only had about a month... Uh, to do it, some time to think about it. You know, I've been thinking about Pluto and Aquarius uh, for a long time. By the way, I have a special Pluto and Aquarius podcast coming. It'll probably be included with tomorrow night's Planet Waves FM. I'm planning to do that. It's not that I have so much time on my hands, but it's that I'm missing doing the program. I skipped last week and just kind of blazed ahead on Friday. Uh, and so I am planning to do do a program, and I've, I've got that sketched out. And it's just important meeting place, I think, um, because the the world is so full of um, hard edges and sleek and cool and woke and everything costs money and all that. And so I love Planet Waves FM as a uh, kind of a common meeting point. Uh, so anyway, these readings are coming along, and I am getting an understanding of Pluto in Aquarius. Now, the, the theory is one thing. We've had some experience with it this year in, in the spring, 
Uh, the reality will be another thing, but I am spotting the themes and calling them out and weaving them in together with another kind of Aquarian event, which is Jupiter conjunct Uranus in um, in uh, Taurus, because the, the Uranus to Aquarius connection is important. It brings over the group element and the technology element, but Uranus, of course, is much more spontaneous and less fixed than Aquarius. So it's an odd mix to combine Uranus and Aquarius because Aquarius really is a fixed sign. Uranus, not so fixed. It will topple anything uh, that, that it feels like toppling, but with Jupiter in there, we're looking at some positive developments in uh, in 2024. Combined with Chiron in Aries, that has as much individuality implied as Pluto in Aquarius does. And they're going to be a very important combination of factors uh, to work with. I'm also working with uh, what will be a near-miss conjunction of Saturn and Nessus in Pisces. This is actually proving to be one of the easier things to write about, even though it's Nessus is kind of obscure. Nessus and Pisces, who's been talking about this? Uh, me, a little bit, probably not enough. Uh, but these two factors in combination are going to put some boundaries around a lot of the things that we're seeing in society that we don't like. And then there will be personal implications for tidying up the loose edges and um, and and for you, you, you might say, you know, sweeping all of that water together that was spilled by Neptune going through Pisces, which it still is. But I think that Saturn is here to provide some containment and some boundary setting for Nessus and Neptune. Both other things going on, Sedna changing signs. That's interesting. There's actually even some interesting writing about it on the Internet. I'm, I'm working with one author's article in addition to the ideas I've developed since Sedna was discovered, I think, uh, in 03 or 04. Um, I was one of the early adapters, jump right on, and uh, and started uh, sketching it out. It's been in Taurus since 1966. So my joke about that one is, it's not the 1960s anymore. Okay, so all this I'm looking at being ready on the, uh, on the 8th. Uh, Pre-sale is available now. For all 12 signs, we will at some point soon roll out a two-sign option, a one-sign option, an audio-only option, and a written-only option. So we're doing a few new things. Thanks largely uh, to Elijah Tuttle. We have a phenomenal, fantastic programmer who's been with Planet Waves for the past year, a little more. And uh, I'm assuming that you have noticed that the website is working a little bit better. You're not getting so much email. We've got some leadership coming from the Elijah department. Okay, so that all said, let's take a look at this uh, solstice chart, Southern Solstice 2023. I have confirmed with my sources in the Southern Hemisphere, the days are at maximum length down there. I can look out the window and see that the days are at very short length uh, here. And just for fun, I looked up Yellowknife Canada uh, that's up in the Northwest Territories, someplace I would love to go and meet all the dogs. And th there the sun rises at 10 a.m. this time of year, and it sets at 3 p.m. Can you imagine that? It's got to be chilly. The, the only have, uh, that's, like, that's like less than a school day. That's like six hours of, uh, of, 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 of sunlight. Um, so 
that that all is telling us that the sun's rays are at a 90 degree angle to the Tropic of Capricorn. That's at about 23.5 degrees south of the equator. And uh, that that's why we get this wonderful effect of the seasons. Hello, flat earthers. Tell me about how the seasons work. I would love to hear this. All right. So this chart is um, a lot of fun. I think it is. Um, first of all, the the solstice is tonight at ten twenty seven twelve p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, my uh, in my guideline for solstices and equinoxes is that the first sunrise with the sun in the new sign is the day of the event. Now, who who cares? I don't know. That's what I decided would be that when you first see the sun on the horizon in the new sign, in the new quadrant or the new hemisphere, there's the solstice. So 10.27 p.m. tonight, it's overnight, Thursday to Friday, as I say it, on this side of the international date line. Mercury is retrograde. At the same time, we are heading for the interior conjunction of Mercury and the Sun. The interior conjunction is when Mercury passes between the Earth and the Sun. That's the retrograde. And then the alignment to the degree Earth-Mercury-Sun with Mercury in between the Earth and the Sun, that is known as the interior conjunction. As I said a number of times, astronomers and old-timey uh, astrol astrologers call it the inferior conjunction, but Melanie Reinhardt and I took a vote one day and we decided to change the name from inferior conjunction to the interior conjunction, since there's nothing inferior about it and it happens to be interior. So just a little quick fact check there. Uh, the moon is, you know, so let's, let's, let's stick to Capricorn. So sun and Capricorn as of tonight, Eastern time, then Sun conjunct Mercury on the 22nd for the interior conjunction, followed by the followed by Christmas Eve and Christmas. And then I'm saying those words. I'm saying it. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, <clears throat> this is me at my most rebellious. Followed by the full moon in Cancer. So no, maybe not necessarily a white Christmas, but around the world there will be a bright Christmas because uh, it will be uh, dancing in the moonlight. That's 12, uh, that's uh, December 26th at 7.33 p.m. Eastern Time. So that's Boxing Day at 7.33 p.m. with the sun at just shy of 5 degrees Capricorn, the moon just shy of of four degrees Capricorn, and uh, ba basically a kind of a gentle lunation as they come. The whole thing is trine sextile Jupiter, trine sextile Saturn. By the way, one of the reasons why things feel more or less stable right now, fairly stable right now, is a Jupiter-Saturn sextile. That's an aspect that you want if you can get it and do things with it. It'll last for months. <clears throat> but uh, Jupiter is about to station direct, so uh, we are moving toward the end of that. So that's the one, two, three. Uh, and then Mercury stations direct about six days later on the first. Now, if we switch channels, uh, well, continuing Mercury stationing direct, uh, Mercury is about to retrograde back into Sagittarius. Uh, I... 
personally had a real good time when Mercury was in Sagittarius. I, I, I was uh, f- finding people uh, incredibly open-minded all of a sudden. It was a wonderful thing with, with Mercury conjunct the galactic center, picking up all that spiritual mojo. It's got to be a crazy place, the galactic center, with stars whipping around the supermassive black hole, which I believe exists. And the thing that I find the most fascinating is as you get toward the center of the galaxy, you don't even need to get, I I pondered this for years and then saw uh, one of those astronomy shows bring the issue up, that you don't need to get that much closer to have the entire sky densely covered with stars. The reason why there's not so many stars in the sky where we are, it's there's some, but they're, they're, they're not that bright and they're not that densely packed as we're kind of out on the outskirts of the galaxy. Go in a few thousand light years and suddenly it's going to be really bright at night. And, there, and then you get close enough and it's going to be pretty much as bright at night from starlight as it is uh, <clears throat> during the day from sunlight. And Isaac Asimov... Uh, covered this in one of his first stories with a description of a, a planet uh, with uh, that, that, that orbited among seven different suns and what happens when there's a, an eclipse once per century. So pretty much the same thing happened. Anyway, that's science fiction. This is astrology. Uh, so we we have uh, the, the, this sequence of events with Mercury station direct, Mercury in Sagittarius. Uh, Mercury re-enters Sagittarius. I'm not, I, I'm not figuring out how to calculate that uh, on the fly here, but I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be around Monday or so, maybe Sunday. Uh, and then Mercury will continue the end of its retrograde in Sagittarius. It'll be conjunct the galactic core the entire time. So we get Mercury stationing direct on the GC. That is, I personally think, a beautiful thing. Um, it, Mercury will serve as a condenser of all that energy coming from the from the galactic core. It will give your words and your messages more emphasis, and I think that it will help you align your speech with some deeper underlying truth. All right, what else have we got time for? An important thing going on right now is that as of as of this moment, Mars is about to make a square to Neptune. Now, I'm very cautious of hard aspects, that hard meaning 90 degree, 45 degree, 180 degree, and conjunction between Mars and Neptune. The reason for that is that these tend to have a a bit of a self-destructive quality to them. Not that the world isn't self-destructive enough. I mean, I think it's, uh, frankly, quite annoying how self-destructive uh, people are and, and are not bringing uh, to the equations of their life enough preserver energy, which is a fact that I have to mention in one of the signs. This is how I do it. I forget which one, but I'm sure that I'll remember to include the concept of preserver energy. It's one of the modes of fe- feminine, uh, one of the modes of yin is is preserving what has been gained. Keeping all the pots and pans in order, taking care of the pantry, taking care of the household, taking care of the garden, taking care of the linens, taking care of all that we do, all this work to have so that we can eat food and be comfortable. That is preserver energy. Uh 
Th- there ain't none of that with Mar- uh, with with Mars square Neptune. But uh, for its part, Mars will be on the galactic center at 2502, only degree or two degrees shy of the galactic center. Mercury will still be hanging out in that neighborhood at 2339. So that so that the uh, Mars Mercury conjunction happens in there too. So we've got essentially the setup is and here and here's the peak. And I hope I'm not confusing you, but let's let's go back and look at the Mars Mercury conjunction. Sorry. Mars, Mercury, the Mars-Mercury conjunction. So Mars aligns with retrograde Mercury square Neptune. This is uh, this is a thin ice. This is be careful, pay attention. This is about not taking any stupid, needless risks, including with what you say, including with your feelings, including with your emotions. There is a lot of power behind this aspect. And and you might say something that normally wouldn't have that kind of emphasis. Kind of reminds me of a story of the guru Hilda with her at her upstate campus. A stray dog came and she ordered the dog to go away, and the dog went running off. Hilda's got some mojo. <clears throat> so she prayed to the archetypal dog, Jesus dog. She prayed to the archetypal dog, and according to my friend Dave Crisman, who I lived with for a year, who I don't think would make this up, he said dogs started converging on the compound en masse because Hilda prayed to the archetypal dog. She used to work at St. John the Diviner on the Upper West Side of New York. That's that big, still partially completed cathedral. Okay, so hot spot in the sky, 1227-23. Coming right up, Mercury conjunct Mars square Neptune. Be fucking cool. Chill out about this one. All right, next, Pluto is in the last degree of Capricorn. We'll wrap up with this. Pluto will be has been working this degree. It is now working this degree. Uh, we we will have until the twentieth uh, about one one more month of Pluto in the in Capricorn for this little range. And this is something about all of this conspiracizing that's going on right now, where everything is a fucking conspiracy. It is getting exhausting. But the degree, that last degree of Capricorn uh, being about the secret cabal of men that run affairs on the planet, that's where uh, we can find this theme in the charts right now. Okay, I believe this concludes my work on the Thursday, uh, the 21st edition of Planet Waves. Thank you for being a subscriber. Thank you for being a Planet Waves customer. Thank you for supporting what you love. And as I think of it, paying for your pizza. All right. Till next time, planning to be back tomorrow night with Planet Waves FM. Lots of love from a beautiful, spectacular, sunny day in Kingston, New York. Thank you again. Bye for now.